right? And then the neoclassical outside of it, you know, which, um, which uh, exerts solidity, right? And, and the classical columns on the outside of it make it look as though it's timeless and that it should be there forever. Looks like it stretches back into antiquity, but also because it's a timeless architecture, it never goes out of date so that it looks as though it's kind of a solid institutional identity and that people want, will want to be a member of the fraternity because that they have that identity of solidity in the building. Yeah. Since March, we still have been sending out our summons every month as we would regularly with a bit of Masonic education, a message from me to, you know, basically say, you know, stay safe and, stay the course and that kind of thing. Uh, a bit of a edifying rah-rah thing, but you know, we want to keep our spirits up. We want to keep the membership happy and we want to give some hope obviously for the future. So. Well, I guess you, if obviously, first of all, if you were looking through, you see what, what kind of people are joining us, what social economic group is joining, you know, are they similar age? Are they similar occupational uh, or maybe income levels you know uh, so you can certainly get from get that from that kind of membership list uh, that information is being kept so you can kind of as a story and look through and say oh you know maybe workmen uh, join this club uh, and then you can say okay well, why, what attracted them to this particular club or something like that I mean the Great Western Lodge you know that was obviously that was part of the railroad so you're a railway employee The problem is the fact that we're so motivated to use those worldviews often to deny mortality rather than come to terms. So for example, like just look at our culture, everything is about staying as young as possible, looking young. Like there's especially, I guess, Western culture, there's just this real ageism, for example. Um, and just the fact that, again, in as Becker calls them immortality projects, the goal is to make a name for yourself and live on. and and not have to feel like, not have to just accept impermanence in some ways, we're really motivated to just hold on to that. And so that can be a problem because, so, and, and again, I guess it's not even necessarily the problem that we want to create something that lasts. The problem is that if we're so motivated to deny the impermanence and mortality and not, not come to terms with it in any way, then we can, that can often create us being kind of so desperate to ease that anxiety or not deal with it at all, that any time that something kind of does challenge that, we're just so defensive because we haven't developed the skills to just cope with the the fact of impermanence at all. It's, it's um, and it took me probably after a year after my second deployment to really um, kind of come to terms with it and not uh, not by choice. It had to be done forcefully by a mentor of mine who pretty much told me to shut the fuck up and that I needed to stop acting the way I was acting because I was kind of acting out of term. I was act I was acting wrong. I had an attitude problem. Um, I started to not give a shit about my job. I just wanted to get out of the army. I had a bad taste in my mouth. And um, I don't know, I just, I don't know why I was acting the way I did. And he very bluntly pretty much told me that there are men that are greater soldiers than him and I that had earned those awards, those same awards. And they, a lot of them didn't make it home. A lot of them died for those awards. 
And so every time I bitch about those awards, essentially all I'm doing is shitting on them and their graves and those awards that they earned. And I needed to do a better job at being a, um, just a, a, I don't know, I guess just an ambassador, a, a liaison, um, somebody who, who, you know, can protect those awards with honor and understand.